Okay, well, this is uh, our final Sunday of our missions conference, and uh, it's always an exciting time um, as we look what God is doing through some of those that we have the privilege of supporting. Uh, just one, one comment, we do have another video from Bill and Gloria Bagley, but we're going to save that for our next missions moment um, uh, because it's a little longer and we want to give Pastor Brown plenty of time to speak this morning. So we can look forward to that um, in the next uh, couple of weeks or so. It's my uh, privilege to invite Pastor Brown to our pulpit today, or lack of pulpit. Table. <laughs> um, he is the CEO of Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries. Um, President, CEO, and senior pastor there. Um, yesterday was Veterans Day, so I'm going to go ahead and mention that, <clears throat> that he is a retired U.S. Navy senior chief, and uh, so we honor you for that. Thank you. Pastor Brown has uh, been serving the, min the mission there in downtown Kalamazoo for many years. I didn't ask him how many, but know that the mission has been going for 90 years. And, and a couple of weeks ago, there was a special celebration with uh, Proclamation Brass and the Singing Crusaders, and Pastor Brown sang a couple songs there. We really enjoyed that. Uh, and it was like a fundraiser concert, and the Lord really blessed in that. And it was a thrill to be a part of it. So without taking any more time, Pastor Brown... Please come and speak with us. Good morning. I've been at the Gospel Mission for 26 years this year. And uh, so I've been there for a minute. <laughs> Seems like just yesterday. Uh, but yeah, we, they're doing, the team is doing a great work there. Uh, Really appreciate you all allowing us this time to come and talk to you about what's going on uh, at the mission. You know, it seems like I don't care how many times we go out to different churches, somebody always comes up to us afterwards and says, I never knew you guys did that. And I love that because it means we're still getting the word out and you all are still um, uh, seeing that we're doing what we're telling you we're doing and we're being faithful with the gifts and the support that you're giving us to do what God has called us to do. So we're going to uh, look at a video. I'm going to run you through a PowerPoint to talk about the ministry first, and then I have a, a brief message I want to share with you. Don't tell me that it was on the flash drive. It was. Oh, the PowerPoint. That's what I'm talking about. That's cool. PowerPoint. PowerPoint. <laughs> PowerPoint. You had me worried there for a minute. Okay. All right. Uh, so, yes, 90 years we're celebrating this year. Uh, 90 years. And one of the things we're asking people to do, uh, if you can, give an extra $90 to us this year to celebrate that 90th year, or $900, or $9,000, and if if you just happen to have $900,000 laying around, with some derivative of nine, we'd appreciate it. Uh, 
Am I supposed to point it at something? Oh, there we go. Okay, 90 years, uh, most of y'all know that Jacob Hildebrand started the, the ministry in uh, 1933. Jacob was uh, an alcoholic in town, had an experience with Christ. And uh, when he changed his life, he wanted that for everybody else. And so um, he and his wife, Anna, uh, they started working with, at tent meetings. And what they would do is when they had a tent meeting, they would make sure that they organized the churches to make sure that there's soup and sandwiches after the tent meeting uh, in downtown Kalamazoo. Isn't that a wonderful thing? It, you know, it's... It, uh, Sometimes it gets me about how much things are changing in our country, because I wonder if they would let us do that now. Nowadays, you know, just... Okay, there we go. 1927. You know, the older I get, the, the smaller those screens in the back get, you know. <laughs> 1927, uh, Jacob Hildebrand became a Christian in 33. The first doors opened, mission doors opened on 140 40th Street. 35, the mission opened, uh, moved to 304 North Burdick. In 1950, moved to 117 North Church. Was incorporated in my birth month, 1951, May. 1951. Uh, 1957, moved to the current location, 448 North Verdict, 68. Jake Hildebrand passed away, and Anna carried on uh, the work of the ministry. In, 90, in 77, overnight shelter was extended to women. It, it, you know, sometimes people say, you know, it took them till 77 to extend overnight you know, to women, but yeah, you know, the ministry has evolved slowly. Hopefully, we're picking up the pace. In 2004, we uh, dedicated the grand opening for the men's building. In 2019, says uh, we partnered with the Deacons Conference. How many of y'all are familiar with the Deacons Conference? How many of y'all knew that Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries and Deacons Conference was one organization now? I mean, here we are. Praise the Lord. Yeah, because we are. And it adds, a, it's a great uh, partnership because for those of you that don't know, Deacon's Conference works with the working poor, people who have jobs and uh, just are having trouble making the ends meet, and people who sometimes, when they first get their um, housing, they may have just enough to get into a house, but they don't, they may need appliances or furniture or whatever. And whatever the Deacons Conference has is free to those individuals. The only requirement is that they sit with a direct response servant, and that person shares the love of Christ with them and talks them through um, the process of what they're trying to do to keep their lives on track. Uh, we're looking for direct response servants as well. And uh, it's, it's very easy. The, the biggest part of it is knowing what resources we have, and we can train you uh, with that. The other thing is just listening. Sometimes just listening to a person, they end up telling the answer to their problem. They'll say it in what they're saying. It just needs somebody to highlight it for them. 2020, 
the women and children's shelter uh, began construction and in 2022 we dedicated had the dedication and the grand opening and those are some of our uh, buildings the one on the top left is the rescue treasure store on uh, North Burdick Street top right is simple top middle is simple treasures which is down on uh, Kil Kilgore thank you or Kilgore, and then we have our apartment building, the 40-unit apartment building for our externs is uh, on Gibson Street, and then that, uh, that main building. I, I, I just love our new building. I mean, I remember the first day that I came around that corner in construction, and I looked up and I saw that cross. I had to pull my car over because I just couldn't handle it. It was just overwhelming for me. Um, KDC, Calvary Deacons Conference, is there on the bottom right. Am, am I changing this or is somebody? Oh, okay, good, good. I just, uh, I was going to say, just let me keep clicking and give me something to do. Uh, the, the picture on the left is our children's after school uh, program area. And that's where the children get home, uh, help with their homework. And then during the summer, we have activities for them there. The top middle is one of our community rooms. The second and third floors of the women and children's uh, building are identical. And we have a community room where the ladies and children that are living on that floor can come together and create community. I was in there um, a few days ago in the evening and the place was just bustling. I mean, it was a lot going on. And what they had was, uh, they had a group of volunteer hairdressers and barbers that came in and was cutting hair, fixing hair, and doing all of this stuff. And it was just great to see. And so uh, that, was, that was just wonderful. The bottom uh, picture on the right is the uh, bunk area in those new rooms. They have storage under the bunks. And then we have another room that is set up so that we can change over their uh, clothes like they seasonally. We put them in totes, put their names on them. We have a room where we store that. And then the top right is just the reception desk uh, on the second floor there. These are some of our current numbers. Y'all can probably see those better than I can. Uh, our fiscal year runs from June to, uh, to June, and so it's uh, 101,864 nights of stay with 2,238 unique individuals served. So we're not counting the numbers and duplicating people. We've got 1,127 men, 717 women, and 394 children. 111,685 meals served. That's a lot of meals. And I want to tell you something. We had a group come in from it's another uh, rescue mission in Midland, and they wanted to come in and see how we do. And I'm, I'm just saying this to the folks that when you see people on the uh, television, they say, boy, that food, I, I, that food, I can't eat that food. The mission food is bad. Well, I'll tell you what. Come down anytime. You got my invitation. <laughs> come down because we had a group come in. I didn't tell the team they were coming or anything. And the folks came and they said, Well, we want to have lunch with you guys, you know. And I'm telling you, 
that was the best chicken I ever put in my mouth. It was, <laughs> that chicken was so moist, you know. Our, our uh, team is doing really great. Current statistics at KDC, 1,243 unique individuals and families served, 1,116 unique people received clothing. Now, that's, that's not how many items of clothing, that's just the people, uh, multiple items of clothing. 261 unique people received household items, furniture, appliances, and those type of things. 156 birth certificates received, 64 IDs, and 1,081 bus tokens given out. And we give folks bus tokens so that they can get to those jobs that they're trying to uh, work. And we make sure that that's what they're doing with them. That's why they have to meet with a direct response service. This is one of our graduations that we had um, in January of 2022. Lord, I can't see that on that gold background. But anyway, we. Uh, these are some of the folks that graduated from our long-term program. And um, the graduation before that, I wish I had a picture of that, we had three people that graduated with their GEDs. How many of y'all knew that we gave G that we helped people get their GEDs at the Gospel Commission? See there? See there? <laughs> See, we're, we're doing some stuff. Uh, I really can't see that. So this is our budget, $5,356,000 uh, you know, for the total budget, and that's the breakdown of uh, how it's going. 66% of individual donations, but some of those other numbers show you where the uh, funds are coming from. 8% comp uh, companies and organizations, 4% churches, and 12% foundations and grants. We do not get, we don't yet get any funds from the Capital, uh, Kalamazoo Community Foundation. Uh, thrift stores, 11%, and investments was a loss uh, that year. Total expenses is almost $5 million. And so programs and services, $3 million, which is 69%. Uh, so that's 69 cents out of every dollar going right back to the individuals, but we have to um, take care of management and employees and the development as well. Ministry to the encampments. So uh, our team goes out regularly with uh, uh, WMED, and we go into the encampments and we try to develop relationship with them that will cause them to come inside and get some of the help. But there's a lot a lot, a lot of mental illness um, in those groups. And so it's really hard trying to, trying to work with them. Uh, because of the level of mental illness in this community, of the unhoused community, it's hard to get people to take their meds. It's hard to get them to go in for services. And as long as they're not um, uh, creating a problem or they are uh, violent to other people, then uh, nobody can cause them or force them to go inside, and so thus we have the encampments. This is one of the ways we go out and service them. This is our shower trailer. So this shower trailer has two uh, shower units in it. Uh, it is fully 
uh, supported. We can load it up. It, it has tanks on it that will hold the water. It's better, and, and we can stay out longer if we can have a water source. But it's also got a washer and dryer for clothes there. And uh, we take it to um, three different predetermined locations around the community. And we take it to the same locations so that each week the home unhoused population know that we're coming to that location. Uh, last time I checked, we were up to about 25 showers, between 25 and 30 showers uh, per day. Uh, when we take it out at each location. These are some of the signs for panhandling. Um, I just want to, I, I just want to educate people. And I know, you know, I, I really know that, that sometimes we see people with, uh, with a sign and, and, you know, our heart goes out to them and, and we really want to help them, you know. Um, but oftentimes, what you really have is somebody who is trying to get money to do something that's really not honorable with it. You'll see one side says, money for weed. Um, one says, uh, uh, homeless, anything helps, God bless. One sign said um, that we had, the guy said, um, need money, her, her attorney, my wife's attorney was better than mine, or something like that. Uh, I was in Grand Rapids one, one uh, time, and the girl was standing on the corner. She had a sign that said, uh, not homeless, anything helps. Well, come on now. You know, uh, I saw a sign down in Virginia Beach, uh, and it said, it said, please don't encourage panhandlers. This was down uh, in uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia, and it said, please don't encourage panhandling. It says, churches, nonprofits, and the local government helped support panhandlers. And then it had a number for them to call. And so I've talked to some of our commissioners to try to get that up here, but good luck with that. Next. Eight guidelines for helping the homeless. Avoid giving a person cash. Oftentimes, cash is not enough to solve their problem or change their situation. It's only enough for them to get another fix, another drink, another something that you know, does not really help. Talk to the person with respect. Recognize that not all homeless people and their challenges are the same. Share God's love whenever you can. Pray for the homeless. Take precautions for your safety. Encourage the homeless to get help at the mission or some other nonprofit. Support KGM. Support KGM. And, and when we say support KGM, money's good, prayer is better actually, because God sends that to right where we need it. And if you want to come out and volunteer, we desperately need volunteers. We need mentors. There's a, there's a, a restaurant I like eating at. It's uh, uh, Colonial Kitchen up on Drake. Anybody been up there? I love that place. And I'll go up there sometimes, sit in the back, and there's a gentleman that comes in every weekend when I'm there. He comes in, he has a different kid with him, you know, and they'll sit in that back corner, and I'll listen to him talk, and, and he's just listening to their problems, and he's sharing wisdom with them, and he'll pray with them. He'll buy them breakfast, and they'll go home. You know, everybody's got to eat breakfast, you know. Why not share that time with somebody that you can uh, be pouring into? Now... 
I've probably shared this with you before. I want to share it again, and that is the uh, it's called expanding the tool, uh, toolbox. The whole of government response to homelessness, this came out in 2020, but you won't hear a lot about it because the, the uh, findings from that report um, found that housing first, which the government likes to do, doesn't work. And so rather than to tell people that, and they say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. Look, we put it on our website. You can go up on our website. You can thumb through, read it, and it'll tell you uh, the findings of that report. These are some of our affiliations, CityGate Network, which used to be the Association of Gospel Rescue Missions. Uh, CityGate Network just uh, brought in a new um, CEO. The old CEO retired and moved on. I was on the search committee for that, so uh, great guy. Some of you all may know the name Tom DeVries. Anybody know Tom? Tom has been in uh, ministry on a high level in this nation uh, for a long time. Great guy. Uh, Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability, National Christian Foundation, and Alliance Defending Freedom. Volunteer opportunity, serve a meal, lead a chapel service. We still have openings for that. Uh, serve in the women or men's shelter. And when we say serve, serve in the uh, women and men's shelter, a lot of times that's developing relationships. It's coming down and getting to know people. Just talk to them. You know, we also have opportunities in our education center because we're helping kids with their homework. We're helping folks get their GED. We're helping uh, people do things. And oftentimes we just need somebody to come along and encourage them. Uh, and, and tell them that they can do it, keep going. Uh, edu uh, education center, sort donations at Rescue Treasures or at Simple Treasures. Uh, serve at KDC, again, um, uh, direct response servants uh, are the folks that when people come in, they just sit down and talk with them. And I, I love getting stories back where they shared the love of Christ. Somebody accepted Christ uh, across the desk at the KDC. Uh, Short-term mission trips for teens right here at KG, uh, KGM. And we take, um, we take the teens up to uh, Cedarville uh, up in uh, the UP twice a year. We take uh, our uh, discipleship program members up there and so that they can have a week of ministry in a, a different environment. You know, something that if you're from the inner city, a lot of people wouldn't get the experience, and it is a great time uh, for those folks. Thank you for standing with us. For more ways to get involved, please visit KalamazooGospel.org. Okay, all right. The theme of you, you all's conference is time is short. Spread the word. So um, I want to read, y'all bear with me, I'm trying, I'm trying to get updated, I'm trying to use the iPad, <laughs> and boy, I'm telling you, it ain't working, but I got a backup too, so <laughs> just in case, 2 Timothy 4, verses 1 through 5.
I charge you, therefore, this is Paul talking to Timothy. If you would, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. I'm going to read this, and I'm going to ask you to close your eyes as I read it. Because I believe this is a charge to all of us, and I, I don't want you to focus on nothing. I want you to focus on just hearing it, if you would, please. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, Fulfill your ministry. Preach the word. Whoever you are, wherever you are, preach the word. Paul told Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. The Greek word euangelistes means one who proclaims glad tidings, one who shares good news. So the evangelist is to be the bearer of the glad tidings of Jesus Christ, whether he serves in an itinerant evangelism or the pastorate, the classroom, or some other God-called vocation. Now, I, I personally believe that if you're in tune with God, I, now I know there are people that go to work for all different places at different, for different reasons. But if you know how to hear the voice of God and follow God, chances are where you are right now, even though you might not serve in what folks would call ministry, the reason you are there is because God guided you there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does anybody work, at, not at a church, but you might work somewhere else, and you, and you know God bought me here. Anybody wave at me? Okay, okay. Your God-called vocation might be in a banking profession or in a medical field. You might be in food service. You may be someone elected to public office. Wherever God has planted you, you are there for the purpose of being an evangelist to share the good news. See, the problem with our country is that over the years we've come to a place where we believe that the ones that are supposed to be sharing the good news are the pastors. They're the ones in the pulpit. And if I'm, the, you know, when I leave here, I'm going home and I'll do Bible study throughout the week. But when I go to work, I go to work to work. And we fail to focus on the relationships that God sends to us at work where we could have a word for somebody because we heard something on Sunday. You know, I heard a word on Sunday, 
And then this person that I'm sitting here with throughout the week or someone I'm working beside, they have a challenge or I've heard they have an issue or something. And guess what? The word Sunday spoke to that. And I've got some good news I could tell them. Or I was in my Bible study, and guess what I learned? That God said he would do through me and for me, and, you know, if I submit to him, and, man, you're going through what? I can help you with that. I know somebody. I know a man, you know. That's what we do as we share the gospel. You might, might be looking for a volunteer opportunity. Pastor, I, I really, you know, I, I've never been trained to do this, or I've never been trained to that. You know, I've never been trained to talk to people with those type of issues. You don't have to be trained. All you have to do is come down. We can show you how to be safe. We can show you how to, who to talk to, and, and we can show you the type of different things about issues. But you, what you really need is to have an understanding of the gospel and compassion. Anybody in here got that? You have an understanding of the gospel and you have compassion, you can come down. We even have uh, uh, volunteer positions open for drivers. Jim Jenkins, you still driving, Jim? Yeah, Jim, Jim Jenkins drives. And guess what? I get word back, even from some of our drivers, uh, from people that have interaction with some of our drivers that talk about how that driver encouraged them or that driver did something that was memorable for them because they were out sharing the gospel. But some places in our country have policies that discourage and prohibit employees from, re from observing religious practices. Did you all know that? It was encouraging to me as I'm listening to the gentleman talk about, uh, from Costa Rica, talking about how they've got ministry in all of these other places and they're open to have them come and even some of their government groups have them come and share the gospel. And I think about how that's opening up in other countries and how it's closing up here in our country. First Corinthians 118 says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Never discount the power of the gospel. See, one of the things that we in America have gotten used to is, is, is microwave. We like microwave meals because it's quicker. I can pop it in, I can heat it up, and I can see the difference right now. And because we're used to getting things so quickly, we'll sit with somebody and we'll, we, we might share a word, and if we don't see them change right now, we think, oh, man, that didn't work. No. The word clearly tells us that one plants, one waters, but God gives the increase. And so in our daily lives and the interaction that we have with others, we are planting, we are watering, and then God in his infinite wisdom is doing what God does in partnership with us. If anyone can discourage you from sharing the gospel, they are causing you to give up your power. 
Romans 1, 16 and 17. We all know it. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. This is not a time in our civilization for us to be ashamed of the gospel or be ashamed of what we believe regarding Jesus Christ. This is a time for advancing the kingdom. Now is a time for us to be, as Christians, standing up. Um, yeah, I was in the military for, for 24 years, and there's something in me that when, when somebody tells me I can't do something, there's something rises up that says, excuse me? You know, <laughs> and, and some of the things that, are, that we're seeing uh, in society now, you know, I've made... I've just taken on the attitude when Jesus comes back, if I'm here, I'm going to have some blood on my, on my sword. You know what I mean? Because I'm not taking no prisoners. I, it's just some things I'm not going to do. And when you look at uh, some of the decisions that are being made to control the church, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Did you all know that in March of next year, all of the church exemptions from the uh, Civil Rights Act disappear. Yeah, it's new legislation in Michigan, in Michigan. And so, so as a result, Kalamazoo Gospel Ministries will be expected to house a person where they feel like they want to be or where they say they want to be. And how many of y'all know that's not safe? I mean, how, how, you know that's not safe. You know, and to do certain things doesn't honor God. You know, and so when we and my team, we go into different places and we talk to different people and they say, well, this is what we're doing now. We're moving in this direction. And we say, yeah, no, we ain't doing that. <laughs> we're not doing that, you know, because we are going to live by, we are going to promote, and everything about our programs is going to be founded on the word of God. It is his ministry. It is not mine. And so when we talk about sharing the gospel, wherever you are, whoever you are, share the gospel. This is a time for it in our country. This is what is needed. And so um, I appreciate the, uh, a church that would have a, a missions conference because one of the things that happens when you have a missions conference is you recognize the ministries that your church supports in the different parts of the local community and the different parts of the world. The other thing that you do when you have a missions conference is you mobilize to whatever degree possible those people in your local congregation. I ain't get an amen or nothing. I ain't, I ain't get nothing out of that. <laughs> You mobilize, you mobilize the local church. How do you mobilize the local church? Is you, is you stir people up to not only read, but to walk out the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
so that then, wherever I am, whatever conversation I'm in, whatever board I'm on, I am his representative. The Bible calls me his ambassador. I was talking to a gentleman, I was talking to a gentleman, and uh, he was telling me about uh, a, uh, a local group that made a decision not to support Christian organizations anymore. And, um, and he told me, he said, Pastor Brown, he said, and I mean, Christian guy, I know him. I mean, loves the Lord. And, and he told me, he said, Pastor Brown, he said, I, I was on that board. He said, and when the vote was taken, he said, there were three other pastors in the room. He said, and when they voted, he said, when they voted for this thing, he said, I just, I just went along with them. I didn't want to be the only one. That's why you mobilize your local church membership to let them know that God had you at that table for a reason, that God had you in that room for a reason, and that wherever you are, if you are serving him, you are never alone. And one of the things that I've learned is that when you listen to what they say and you go, yeah, yeah, no, we're, no we ain't doing that. I, I'm, I'm not doing that. Somebody in that room was waiting for you. Somebody in that room was waiting for just one other person to stand shoulder to shoulder with them. I remember a movie. It was one of the, uh, and I'm going to close here in a minute. I'm probably over time, but. It was one of the uh, Iron Man movies, and Loki was in. How many of y'all seen those movies, the Iron Man movies? Okay. The rest of y'all didn't see those movies. Are you serious? Those were some good movies. <laughs> but but those of you that saw the movie, it was a whole group of people in a square, in the town square. Loki was the tyrant that was trying to, did you see it? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, so okay, <laughs> praise the Lord. So you can work that out. with. <laughs> and and um, Loki was in the room, in this town square, and he was trying to make the people bow down to him. And all of the people started to bow down, and this, this one, uh, one older gentleman, Jewish gentleman, he stood up, and Loki looked at him, and Loki says, do you know who I am? And the guy said, I, I've got an idea who you are. He said, well, you've never seen, and no, he said, I've seen men like you. And the guy, and Loki said, you've never seen a man like, a man like me. And the guy said, there are always men like you. But that old man, he was not going to bow down, because that's not that's the kind of background, that's the kind of backbone that God is looking for Christians to have. God is looking for people that will be stirred up when something goes against his word. And they say, you know what? Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I ain't buying it. You know, and, and choose to stand on the word of God. What are you standing up for? What are you saying? What are you saying no to for the gospel's sake? Or are you standing by as the 
enemy advances. Whoever you are, preach the word. Wherever you are, preach the word. Let's pray. Father, we just thank and praise you, God. Father, I thank you for these your people. I thank you for the love that you have for them and the love that they have for you. I pray, God, that their ears will be open not just to hear my voice, but to hear your voice to hear you calling them to a higher purpose. I pray, God, that you would stir up in them the willingness to stand on your word, regardless of what the status quo is, to stand on your word. I pray, God, that you would cause them to increase the amount of time, God, that they spend even on their knees. I pray, God, that you would always have them hearing your voice louder than the rumblings of the news or any other voice. I thank you for them. I thank you for their leadership. I think about Pastor Brad right now. God, we continue to pray for his healing. I pray that you raise him up. And I pray, God, that this church, this group of people, would be the spark that is ignited in this community to stand for you. I pray that every person under the sound of my voice hears their personal, specific call this morning to preach the word. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Brown, and I hope we all take that personally, how we can spread the word locally, and there's ways we can spread the word globally as well. I'm going to talk about that in a second. Um, I've been communicating with Pastor Brad, and he gave me some thoughts to share this morning, um, but on the inside of our missions conference program, You'll see the list of all the missions, uh, missionaries and organizations that we support. There are a total of 18, which is uh, great. Uh, we support them financially. And our missions budget for this fiscal year is $83,000. Now, about 75% of that comes from uh, personal giving, uh, where you give either uh, you know, by writing a check or through the uh, uh, giving online. So those are the opportunities that we have in giving nowadays. But we're asking God to help us um, as we all work together to support this vital part of our overall ministry as a church. We're challenging each of you in our congregation to make a faith promise in support of the missions outreach this next year. And I know many of you are already involved in that. The uh, Missions Faith Promise at, at OBC is a tool that the missions team uses to plan financially for the coming missions year. And here are the options that you have uh, for your consideration in the Faith Promise uh, program. You'll notice a 
on the inside of the, the bulletin, there's a, a kind of a, a form for you, could, you can fill out. One side you can turn in, the other side you keep for your records. And uh, I, there's four things that you can consider doing. And I think it's pretty simple. But let me just mention these briefly. Uh, here are the options. Number one, let's say that you're already giving to the missions at OBC and you need to continue with the same level of mission support at this time. So you put that amount that you're faithfully planning to continue to contribute to missions and the missions fund for this coming year. You can put that on the faith promise slip. And let me say right here at the offset, we don't want any names. Um, this is um, between you and the Lord. We just need the figures so that we can help you know, plan. Number two, the second option is if you're already giving to missions at OBC and would like to increase your monthly or annual support, you can put the total of the new amount. In other words, what you were giving and what you plan to add to it, that's what I mean by the total. Um, you can uh, put that amount there as to how you plan to contribute to OBC missions for this coming year on the faith promise slip as well. So because um, I know I had a question, how to, do we add what we were giving uh, to the new giving? Yes, you do. And then also, Mark, if you're going to give week, if you plan to give weekly, monthly, or however, there's those places to circle there in the bottom of that form. The third option is that you have never supported missions at OBC and would like to begin making regular contributions. Simply put the monthly or annual level of support that you plan to contribute in the coming year on the faith promise slip. And then lastly, perhaps you would like to make a one-time gift to our missions program. Simply mark the amount on the faith promise slip and then clearly label it as a one-time gift. So those are the options. If you have any questions, feel, uh, feel free to ask me and I'll try to answer them for you. But the bottom line is that we can't plan very well as a missions team unless we know what the congregation is faithfully planning to give. So uh, we just need the amount so that we can plan accordingly. And if you're not prepared today, that's okay. You've got next week, you can, you can do that, because maybe you didn't bring the scissors with you <laughs> to cut that form off. Uh, I understand that. So um, and what we'll have ask you to do is just place it in the offering box there between the doors. and. Uh, that way we can have that and consider what, what, how the Lord's going to bless us this way in the coming year. So that pretty much covers it. Um, I think it's a great way to end the uh, missions conference uh, because this is our way of supporting all these missionaries uh, for another year. And uh, what a great opportunity. And our goal is to have all of the missions support being uh, given on purpose. We used to have, we actually got rid of the mission fund for a while. And people felt like, well, I can't give to what I want. Um, to, oh, I'm going to give it to the missions fund. Well, now we do. And that's our goal is to have eventually 100% of our missions giving coming from people that want to give to the mission. So uh, keep in prayer about what God would have you to do. He will greatly bless you for it.
Now we're going to be dismissed in, a, in just a moment and uh, go back, all those who can stay for our international potluck dinner, we hope, hope you can stay. And so we're going to ask a blessing right here uh, because it gets a little confusing once we get in there. So let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the missions conference that we've been able to hold this year, how we need to focus on on this important ministry. And we thank you for uh, the way that o OBC has been able to support all these missionaries uh, for all these years and take on new ones. We ask your blessing upon each and every one of them. And Lord, that you will just uh, help us to be able to step out in faith and do even more than we have in the past. And we know that you can enable us to do, do that. You can supply our needs. And we thank you for that. Now, Lord, as we are dismissed, we would ask your blessing upon the meal that we're about to partake of. Thank you for all those that have had a hand in it and preparing it. And uh, just bless our fellowship and bless the food to our bodies used. And dismiss us with your blessing, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much.